Hello everybody. Today we are diving right back into the R Confession subreddit. Sit back and relax, while we uncover some nerve-wracking confessions. Reddit Readings, Episode 16 Now streaming, only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift Vieira's Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Now streaming only on Disney Plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now you wanna get mixed up in the family business? Introducing The Godfather at ChapaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. I tried to miscarry my baby and hurt her permanently. When I was 15, I got myself pregnant unintentionally. I was a very promiscuous horny teenager and I wasn't exactly safe about it. Sometimes I used condoms, sometimes I didn't. I got really worried when I started experiencing the usual symptoms of morning headaches and nausea and skipped my period. So I took a pregnancy test and what I feared was true. I was pregnant. I had no idea how to react to this. For one I was utterly terrified and I wanted to get rid of it. In a way it felt parasitic, the thing inside me with the power to fuck my life up. I have very Christian parents who would have disowned me for having an abortion, but I knew they would actually love to raise this kid. However, I hated the idea. I had problems with eating at the time and didn't want to gain the pregnancy weight and I just didn't want a child. I guess I'm making excuses. Even now, I started a smoking habit very promptly, since I'd heard in science lessons that one of the effects of smoking can be miscarriage. I barely ate at all, and if I did I threw it up. All in the hopes of starving it as if I was trying to get rid of a fever. It didn't work. I gave birth to her far too early and as a result she is blind. I gave her away and haven't heard from her since. She's 8 by now. My parents were surprisingly supportive and I got the help I needed for my eating disorder and I still go to regular therapy. I just had to get it off my chest. I've realized now that this confession has come across as unremorseful. It was hard writing it. And as a result I focused more on what happened than my emotions. I want to make it clear that I really really regret my actions. It's very hard to live with what I've done. And when I was 17 I attempted suicide because I simply couldn't handle it any longer. What I've done to my child tears me apart every day. I still have nightmares. I still can't sleep at night. I can't tell you how many times I've wished and prayed to go back in time. However... I've focused on improving myself through therapy and I am training to be a nurse to help children. I know that doesn't make up for it, but I'm trying hard to be better. This is not a way to deal with this situation. First of all, always 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 use contraception unless you are willing to accept the responsibility of a child, which is a lifelong commitment. If you're a woman, don't trust the man to bring it each time and keep it in a safe, secure location. Bring your own condoms. Get on the pill. Get an implant. Whatever works for you. If you do get pregnant, don't be afraid to reach out for help. 
speak to your doctor or teacher. If you feel like you can't talk to your parents, but if you do think you can speak to them don't feel ashamed. Don't do what I did. Getting pregnant is not the end of the world. Don't let it be the end of yours. I purposely left keys I knew that my boss needed in her locked office to show how dumb it is to have one entire set of keys for three different restaurants and kitchens. We've been having problems lately with locking up at my job because of how ridiculously long it takes for each person to lock up their end of the restaurants, getting out late and never knowing where the set of keys are because everyone misplaces them. My boss is strictly against getting even just one set of copies because there's too much risk in it. Yes. I can kinda see that but we've lost the one set of keys so many times, some night we can't even lock up because someone misplaced them. So I purposely left the keys in her office, locked it from the inside, and left it for her to find that we can't open a single thing other than our front door. My first car died from a cracked radiator. What my parents don't know is that the crack was caused by me hitting another car that was parked in a parking lot. The other driver just let me go and I never told anyone. I snooped on the CEO's email account and got myself and fired. A couple years out of college I worked as an analyst at a pretty small private equity firm. The CEO was one of the biggest assholes I've ever met. He was fairly young in his 40s, a multimillionaire, and the type of guy driven solely by money, with zero business ethics. He'd do anything to get the upper hand in a deal regardless of who it screws over. Contractors, employees, I even saw him seriously fuck over a long time family friend of his without any remorse. Anyway, aside from my analyst role, as it was a really small business, only about 20 people in the office, and then a bunch of people working remote, I also happened to be one of the only semi-technology literate people in the company, so like many of my generation, I became the de facto millennial office computer guy too. Despite my lack of qualifications I got put in charge of handling pretty much anything minor tech related. Setting up servers, fixing laptop issues, answering how do I convert this to PDF questions, even basic network security. They thought I was some sort of computer genius, but really I was just mostly winging it, googling pretty much everything. But eventually I got legitimately pretty good at all the tech stuff. They gave me bigger tasks like planning all of the computer systems for their own businesses, and supervising installs. I didn't get paid extra for any of this mind you. After a couple years of serious bullshit working there, I was pretty worn out. I wasn't progressing. I hated working for Captain Douchabag. He treated everyone like shit. I was pulling 12-14 plus hour days with no overtime or performance bonus, and they weren't paying me nearly what they should have. I also hated being the tech guy, and was depressed as fuck basically living in a cubicle. So I decided I full on had enough of the 9-8 life working for our souls, and I would start my own consulting business working for myself. However, instead of quitting right away, I figured it would be smart to first build up my client base on the side while I was still getting a steady paycheck. So that's what I did. I launched my company, and landed my first clients, as the workload increased. I slowly started spending more and more time working on my side business while at my office job. At first I was pretty low key about it, but eventually, it was blatant. As it was a super small company, I was the only one who knew how to do a lot of important tasks and operate some key internal systems. It was easy for me to tell my boss a project was taking a whole week to complete, that I actually finished in 10 minutes. 
pretty soon I was spending 80% of my day working on my own stuff in the office. I'd even take calls for my side business clients at my desk. The rest of the time I was usually dicking around on Reddit or something. Of course, we had systems in place to monitor network activity, but I was the person in charge of monitoring it. This continued for a while. As my own business ramped up, I cared less and less about the office job, and since I hated waking up early, I began rolling into work late. At first it was only 30 minutes or so, then it progressed to an hour. When my boss didn't reprimand me, it became clear how much they needed me there. I took full advantage of this. Before long I was arriving around noon, working for a couple hours, then heading home. My co-workers weren't happy, but I helped them with all of their tech problems and they hated the company too, so they kept their mouths shut about it. My boss eventually said something to me about all it at one point, but I just came in on time the next few days and then went back to coming in whenever I wanted. After more than 2 months of coming in 4-5 hours late, and working on my side business in full view of my asshole boss, I couldn't believe I wasn't fired yet, I deserved it and felt it was inevitable, on a hunch. I decided to do a little investigative work, as I was the tech guy, I also had full access to the company email server, so I logged into the CEO's personal email account, and searched for my name. Lo and behold, there was a recent email thread between him, my direct boss, and some other team members with my name in the subject line. Obviously I open it, they're discussing my recent performance issues. The last email in the chain basically said, if nobody has any objections, I will be terminating him at the end of the week. Two days from then, I wasn't surprised, but I decided there was no way I was going to let these assholes fire me. Although I didn't give a shit about that job, I didn't want to have a termination in my work history. I also wanted to keep getting paid for a while longer. Of course, I couldn't let him know I actually knew I was getting canned. So... I formulated a plan to perform a little inception reverse psychology mindfuck on the CEO. The next day, one day before they planned to fire me, I requested a meeting with him to discuss my current performance. In that meeting I sat down, and he asked me what I wanted to talk about. So I told him, paraphrased, look, I know I've been a shitty employee lately, I'm sure you've noticed, correct me if I'm wrong. But I've been kind of getting the feeling you guys are planning to let me go soon. When I said that the shock look on his face was priceless. He must have thought I was psychic to work that out on my own the day before it was going to happen. I remember him just saying something like ah. I continued while he sat flabbergasted. So I'll be honest with you. My heart isn't in this job anymore. As you know, I'm an entrepreneur at heart. Which I'm sure you can relate to. I want to start my own company. However. As you're aware, I have a lot of responsibilities here nobody else can do. I then proceeded to list all of the things I did and projects I was working on. I could see it on his face when the realization sunk in of how screwed he'd be if I left suddenly. So here's what I propose. You don't fire me. I don't quit. I keep working here for a month. Finish my current projects. And train whoever you want on everything I'm in charge of. After a month is up. I will continue to come in once per week until it's complete. After that, if you still need me, you can pay me on an hourly project by project basis. I intentionally mentioned the possibility of me quitting so he could feel like he won the negotiation. Even though I technically had him by the balls, he paused to think for a minute, then said something along the lines of, Okay, you have a deal. So, 
Not only did I get myself and fired, I actually turned the company into a paying client. During that month, I continued doing pretty much whatever I wanted since I had an expiration date, while training my replacement as promised. After the month was up they hit me up regularly for remote task work. I charged them triple what I was earning while working there, and barely had to deal with the CEO. When my client base was big enough I dropped them for good. After all that, the CEO still calls me up for advice questions nearly 3 years later. These days I just blow him off saying sorry, I'm too busy. Edit, as it seems there's some doubt that this actually happened. It did. Figured I'd clarify a few points. 1. This was a very small company. The office had about 20 people in it, and several dozen more worked remote. If you've never worked in a small office before, I can assure you it's pretty normal for employees to wear men hats and take on random roles outside their initial scope. It's also pretty normal for them to be severely lacking with network security and controlling passwords. 2. I did not become some computer genius and never claimed to be. Though my company of technology illiterate baby boomers sometimes thought of me that way. I had decent basic working knowledge coming into the job, and picked up more over the several years I was there, for anything complicated, like wiring, hardware installs, advanced networking tasks etc. We hired outside IT consultants, but I was the guy who would source them, hire them, supervise them and learn the systems they put in place, and I just handled more basic tasks myself. We're also not talking about enterprise level security here either. 3. My consulting business has nothing to do with private equity. I'm not going to reveal exactly what I do for privacy sake since this blew up, but it's in marketing. I didn't steal any of my old company's clients when I left and don't compete with them. 4. Yes, I'm fully aware and admit I was an asshole, hence posting this in our confession. In fact I decided to start my own company because I hate working for other people without my own skin in the game. I'm not a great employee when I don't care about what I'm doing. However, the guys running the company were pretty shitty people, and I did not feel that bad about it at the time. The thing I did have reservations about was snooping on the emails. I do not condone invading privacy like that. However, he'd freely given me the passwords, so I could help him set up his outlook. Forwarding, etc. And I felt me getting fired was inevitably coming soon. When I was a youngster, I lived in quite a dodgy area, which ironically resided just opposite a very fancy built up area. I used to set my alarm for 3am, and walk over to the nice area where I would use a paint marker to write affordable prices on the windscreens of expensive cars. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hiya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. I haven't went to any of my college classes or done any of the work for them since the start of the semester. But I've been telling my parents I have. This is my first year at school, and I thought that I could do it. But I just kept ignoring all my schedules and have stayed home in my apartment almost every day and only go out at night. Mostly it is because I am extremely mentally ill now. I think more of psychosis than depression. 
but I can't tell my parents why I am like that because I would have to do an insane amount of explaining. I am wasting my money and everyone else's time but I can't seem to get it together. I had insanely good grades in high school too. And I feel like this would be far too unexpected for my parents to believe without any further explanations. I'm thinking about dropping out, but I'd have to find another place to live, because they only let students live in my place so I would have to sublet to another student. I have like one friend from high school I could stay with at his other house he has near my school but I don't know if this would make my life better or worse. I feel like an absolute letdown. And like I just wasted one of the biggest privileges and opportunities in life. I pretended to be sick for 2 months. I was about 10, when I pretended to be sick for about 2 months. I acted like I was throwing up, and my parents spent hundreds of dollars on doctor's visits and treatments not knowing it was fake. And 5 years later they still don't know. But the kinda sad part is that the reason I faked sick for that long was to get out of school. Because I was being bullied constantly and would barely make it through the day. I have never told anyone this but I want to put it in here because I want to tell someone at least. I still feel bad about the money my parents wasted on my fake illness. Today I had to relieve myself on the street. I have created a throwaway account here because my wife knows my username and I would greatly like for her never to know my shame. I have recently changed careers from a desk job to a more physically demanding career. Because of this my eating and digestive habits have drastically shifted. I haven't gone poop in a couple days. This happens from time to time and has never really been an issue. Today I pulled up in front of a new friend's house for only the second time. He lives in downtown of a close city, right on a busy street near a well-lit intersection. The moment I step out of the car I feel the tummy rumbling start. Now he is a cool dude, but I do not know him well enough to unleash this hell in his bathroom. I look across the street longingly to where there is a store with a public restroom. I take two steps towards the store only to realize I don't have that kind of time. I figure I'll bite the bullet and just run into his house. Only then I realize this too is not gonna be close enough. I step beside my car in a panic, as I start to feel something leak through my clenched defenses. I process all my options and settle on what I see is my only option. I face my back to the car on the passenger side, so the road can't see. I pull my pants down and blow a foul geezer of diarrhea all over my bumper the street and a little on the sidewalk. I pull up the shorts and run to the public restroom to wash myself off. Nothing got on my clothes and to the best of my knowledge no one saw. The entire poop took less than 20 seconds before I could plug the dam until I could get home. Now my car smells until I get it washed tomorrow but otherwise I got away clean. I'm almost a little proud to have gotten away with it. I slammed a kid's head into gravel when I was about 10. Okay so, I used to ride the bus when I was in 5th grade, and in the morning, there was some other kids waiting for the bus as well. So this kid, his name will be Frank for this, was really obnoxious and annoying, and he would intentionally get under your skin. So one day he decided to make fun of my last name, which most people thought was cool as hell, but he just wanted to be a prick. So I warned him to shut up, and he just kept going, and kept going, so I calmly walked over to him, and told him, I dare you to say it again, he did, and I promptly yeeted his head into the thick gravel he was standing by, and it wasn't like normal gravel, it was basically rocks, I felt so satisfied, but now I'm like, damn, I hope he's alright after that. 
stole property and put the blame on someone else to keep apartment and split them up. It was a really bad time in my life, before I managed to get on disability. I had no income and no one who believed I was really ill and needed help. Or if they did believe me, they didn't want to help and labeled it a me problem. Expected me to fix it and get on with living. Like all I needed was a fucking antibiotic. Mental illness sucks. There is nothing glamorous or good about being stigmatized and marginalized into a byline. Was living in a one bedroom apartment with my ex and his current. Both of our names were on the lease and he moved her in without asking. He wouldn't let me off the lease even after I moved I am still on it. When I had to take him to the hospital for feeling sick. Found out during that time that him and his girlfriend were doing heroin and she'd hit him with a dirty needle. I already knew she was struggling with addiction. But didn't know that he was using actively with her. At the time he'd broken up with me because he couldn't cope with my mental illness issues. As soon as I was involuntarily hospitalized the second time he moved on. I came out of the hospital to having lost my job. Losing him on top of that was soul crushing. Everything became about money. He made twice as much as I did. We split the bills 50-50. Having no income stream meant I couldn't contribute anymore. Instead of working through it with me he decided to tell me I had to leave. He would be patient while I tried to find a place but I had to leave was the bottom line. Two months after he was hospitalized with endocarditis. And I dealt with her prostituting herself out of our house that climaxed into her being beaten by a client. Who then stole money from her and destroyed the house. And her getting more and more aggravated with me being in the apartment we shared. I broke down. Through a family friend I managed to get a restraining order against her to keep her out of the house. I put the house back together as best as I could. Then realized that she hadn't paid the rent or any of the bills. Instead she had drained his bank account in addition to the prostitution to support her habit and lifestyle. Realizing he wouldn't have a place to come home to and also realizing she had stolen my foot stamps. The only bit of contribution I could make while trying to find gainful employment etc. I had nothing to eat. I took some of his things and pawned them or sold them outright. When he came home and noticed it was gone, I told him that she had been the one who stole his stuff. I went so far as to have the family friend mentioned above remove his television, gaming systems, and computer in case she came back. Figuring everything else that had disappeared was pretty replaceable in time. I told him in the hopes that it would convince him to leave her. Despite saving the fucking apartment and getting the lights turned back on. I wish I'd never done that. He deserved better. I lied to everyone I know about my motorcycle crash. It's honestly not important at all. I just have been covering this for years and I just want someone to know the truth. When I was 16. Female. I bought a motorcycle against my parents wishes. They always told me that I would crash and blah blah blah. I dropped it a few times but never crashed. Upgraded to a Harley a few years later. 22 euro. Made the mistake one evening to ride during rush hour. And a truck ran a light and t-boned me. Bike was totaled. I broke some bones. But I recovered. My family freaked out. Said I am lucky to have lived. Blah blah. I know it's true though. But later that year. After I recovered. I bought another Harley. A smaller one this time. My parents again expressed their disappointment. I promised I wouldn't ride in traffic. Only in the mountains. ETC etc. Anyway one night. 26 years old. A guy I was dating begged to drive it with me on back. I finally agreed. This reckless guy starts riding it all crotch rocket style. 
I keep yelling at him like dude it's a cruiser. Quit taking those corners so deep and wouldn't you know it. He spills the bike and we crash into a tree. Stupid. Again I break a bunch of bones. Long story short, because of this accident, I find out the guy was actually secretly married with kids, and I get screwed on insurance coverage. But the lie is that I never told my parents this. I told them I broke the bones in a mountain biking accident. I told them I sold my motorcycle to cover my medical bills. And I continued the lie with every single person I know so it would never get back to my parents. I took loans out to cover my legal fees against that guy so my parents would never know the story. And now every single time anything about mountain biking comes up, my parents always make me tell the story of how I broke all my bones on a mountain bike. And every time, I forget the story I told them. So the story keeps changing. I don't even know why I felt so strongly that I needed to lie about this. I guess I just didn't want to admit that I got into another motorcycle accident. Thank you for listening to Reddit Readings episode 15. And if you enjoyed it, consider subscribing and leaving a rating. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-hour energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. True Terrors of Horror bizarre happenings, unexplainable events. On our podcast, Disturbed, Terror Takes Center Stage. Each episode is a journey into the darkest corners of human existence, delving into bone-chilling tales of kidnappings, serial killers, maniacs, and the very essence of your worst nightmares coming to life on this weekly true horror show. Disturbed is not for the faint of heart, It's an exploration of real, unadulterated horror sourced from everyday people. Each episode is a descent into the macabre, where we narrate stories that will leave you on the edge of your seat and crawling in your skin. We navigate the disturbing narratives that lurk in the shadows, offering a raw and unfiltered listen into the most terrifying aspects of the human experience. Enter at your own risk and let the unsettling tales unfold in the haunting realm of Disturbed. And remember, listeners, stay safe out there.